Good. Enjoying the air conditioning. All right, let's start off our class tonight, and uh, we'll kind of warm everybody up. Our topic is angels. All right, angels. Yeah, everything you wanted to know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's a lot about angels I don't understand, but I'm reading. which I apparently don't have with me right now, but, um, oh, it's, I'll show you a copy of it. And I do have extra copies of the handout. I made several. This is done by um, Edward P. Myers. He's a freed, he's affiliated with Freed Hardeman. But this is sort of one of the definitive studies that a lot of people use, a study of angels, revised edition, Edward P. Myers, Ph.D. Who needs a copy of this? All right. Well, I'm just going to hand this to you, and you can hand them out. Thank you, sir. He's had classroom experience. You can tell. All right. And last week. What did we, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't last week, that was Vacation Bible School. The week prior, Sean, you're doing such a good job, and his hand is like way up in the air. It's easy to see you, you need one. (laughs) All right. All right, the week before last, when we discussed our uh, topic, who can recall what we discussed. I'm, I'm like stirring your brain. Recall, recall. What did we discuss on our topic of angels two weeks ago? I see your mouth. No, blank. You're blanking. You know, no. It must have really impacted you deeply. Yeah, yeah. Sean said 2,000, I think. Yeah. They're mentioned a bunch of times, yeah. It's about 300 times, I think. All right, does anybody remember what we talked about two weeks ago on the topic of angels? No. Good guess. Nobody, nobody remembers? We had a really good discussion, but it probably just went in one ear and... I know what it was. Y'all got so engrossed in vacation Bible school, you forgot. What? Lot. Yeah. Okay, Lot. More specifically, the topic umbrella uh, is angelic visitation. When an angel comes to see you, angelic visitation. So we're going to spend two weeks, maybe three, talking about examples of angelic visitation. I actually had three visits from the Old Testament, three from the New Y'all got so involved in the first visitation, we spent the whole class time talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. And so, who came to see Abraham? Anybody remember? Two? I heard three, two. Anybody four? Four, five. Five. Okay. So, okay, thank you. Yeah. That that clarified it, whoever said that back there. It was two angels, 
and the Lord himself who was in bodily form, human form. How do we know that they were in bodily, fleshly form? They ate. There you go. Yeah. Abraham said, please stay, eat. And, and so he prepared, well, it was Sarah that prepared the food. But they ate the food. Uh, they walked, they talked, they had ears, they looked human. They were probably human in every way. But yet the Lord himself was one of those along with two angels. Yes, Mr. Sean. Yeah, now that's interesting. Uh, the Lord told Moses up on top of the mountain, if you see my face, you will die, right? So how do we reconcile that, Sean? Okay. Yeah, God, as well as angels, have the ability to transform themselves into different I don't know. What am I trying to say here? Into what? In entities. Yeah. Uh, how do we know that? The Bible says that you may end up entertaining an angel unaware. So, in other words, some person on the side of the road that has emergency flashers on, you just happen to stop. You, it's It's a safe situation. You're not by yourself. And you offer assistance and you help them with gasoline or the tire, whatever it is, and they thank you. And you might have you might have shown hospitality to an to an angel. So you know it's interesting. So they can take human form. Uh, we know that God obviously can take the form of a man because God took the form of a man uh, when He became Christ. Right? He was one hundred percent man, one hundred percent God. If somebody wants to go down and adjust the thermostats, that's fine. Y'all are over there like, yeah. So if, if anybody, anybody wants to, you're welcome to turn it down. It's 72 right now. So, um, so it's interesting how angels can take different forms. Now, continuing in the story, we know that God stayed with Abraham. Abraham learned that Sodom and Gomorrah, was going to be destroyed, and uh, what happened to the two angels that were with the Lord? Yeah, you fast-forwarded, but yeah, you're on the right track. They, they went to the region of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to stay in the downtown area. Lot implored, no, you come stay at my house. I think Lot kind of had an idea what was going to happen that night. But men from the from the city wanted to be with the guests, men, and without being too uh, detailed, uh, it was for um, sexual attraction reasons, same sex. And so the angels struck the, the men with blindness, and they were groping for the door trying to get in. And so then the two angels warned Abraham, you, you need to leave, you need to flee. Uh, is there anybody else with your family? And so we know what happened, that, that they were literally dragged out of the town. And in the process of the, maybe the hailstones beginning to rain down, the sulfur and the fire raining and hitting, maybe it sounded like bombs. But for whatever reason, Lot's wife did 
turn around, she delayed, she paused, and she turned into a pillar of salt. So very interesting, very interesting story. All right, so that was our first angelic visitation. We're going to turn to Exodus, and apparently my notes are in my office. I made copies and ran in here and didn't get my notes. So let's go to Exodus. And somebody find for me in Exodus the actual crossing of the Red Sea. I'm trying to remember what chapter that is. We'll find it here in a minute. Shout out if you find it. Oh, here it is. Exodus 14. All right. So somebody begin reading 14 while I run into my office. I'm going to get my notes. I'm sorry. They're not they're not on the desk. Okay, I think I left them on a table. Anyway, I made copies. Okay. If somebody will read 14, then uh I'll be right back. We'll start in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch it out over the sea and divide it. And the son of Sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will be honoring, honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. The angel of God The angel of God, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there was a cloud along the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did, did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept back the sea, by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land so the waters were divided. That good? You can keep yes, sir. Going. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that so much. I did find my notes, by the way. All right. So let's describe what happened. We know that uh, the people were in a panic because they're standing on the shore of the Red Sea. Apparently, sometime in this process, there was a cloud. Now, this might have been the very first event or incident where the cloud was involved, but there was some sort of cloud that led the people, right? And in the daytime, 
it just was a cloud, I guess a white puffy cloud, and wherever that cloud went, they went. When it stopped, they stopped. Inside the cloud, we're told, was an angel of the Lord, right? So this angel, this angelic being, took some sort of, uh, that was the first incident of the cloud, right? Just kidding. All right. So at nighttime, what did the cloud do? It glowed. It was almost like, y'all seen it in the summertime when you see the clouds kind of flash and glow with heat lightning and... Okay. So it probably looked something like that where it glowed from the inside. And in this case, as Ryan was reading to us, we see that uh, this, this cloud, after they crossed the Red Sea, uh, it took a long time because there's estimates of upwards of 2 million people when you include the women and the children. So you think about them crossing uh, a large body of water. It's going to take quite a while. Now, notice in verse 19, the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel, in other words, this cloud was leading them. He moved and went behind them. So the cloud literally went to the rear of, of this group. Why? Because if, if you'll visualize in your mind, the Red Sea is now parted, right? That in, a, in and of itself must have been an amazing sight to see this huge wall of water. Can you imagine walking on dry ground and looking over and you see fish, right? Or, you know, the water could be stacked up 15, 20, I don't know how deep it was, but they crossed on dry ground. So two million people, livestock, all of the things that are carried. And right behind them are the chariots that are bearing down on them. When the chariots get to the Red Sea, what do they do? They followed, they followed right in behind the Israelites. In other words, they're closing. You see this in your mind? I mean, here you got people walking with infants and livestock, and you got these charioteers with horses cracking the whip, and they're, they're pressing down. There's getting ready to be a slaughter. At that instant, the, the cloud now goes to the back and makes a, a dividing wall, a barrier, if you will. Uh, in my mind, I'm very visual. Um, I should have made movies but in my mind, I see the cloud going to the back, and all of a sudden, lightning bolts are like, you know, flashing, and, you know, they're like, whoa, you know. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, um, so we know that that cloud stayed there. Yes, Glenn. Yeah. What verse was that, Glenn? Four, okay, go back to 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you will have only to be silent. Okay. Tw oh, 24. 
Uh, and in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire uh, and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. So this is when they were trying to proceed and their wheels were getting stuck and, you know, when only one wheel will turn and the other won't, the horse can't take them and they're, they're like... Absolutely. Now, see, this brings up an interesting topic, and we'll talk about this later, Glenn, is when it says an angel of the Lord, is that the same as the Lord, or is it simply an angel who's doing God's business, and he has the authority and the power of God, but it's not God himself. It's an ambassador or representative or an agent. Ron. Yeah. What what translation? New American, New American Standard. Through the pillar. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I think it's safe to say, since our topic is angels, I think it's safe to say that God is orchestrating the whole process according to his divine will. Would anybody disagree with that? And in the process, he calls upon the forces of nature, right? He uses miraculous events to set aside the law of physics. That's what a miracle is. And he also employs the use of an angel as his representative to assist him. I'm okay with that. I, all I'm saying is angels were involved somehow, some way, and, and we know that an angel appears to be present all the time, 24-7 in the wilderness, morning and night, involved in the cloud. So it's probably safe to say that the angel's present at that time since he's been given cloud duty. Okay. Right. Yeah. Very yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. And so it to me that reaffirms this idea that angels are simply a created being who number 1 are are present to glorify and praise God, right? And two, they carry out his his bidding. They they are messengers, uh workers, warriors, soldiers. Um they do so much. They're messengers. They reinsure people. Sometimes they're involved in rescues, uh, prison breaks. We're going to see that uh, next week. It's just amazing what they do. Whatever God dispatches them to do, they do. 
So fascinating. Yes, Glenn. Yeah, yes. That's a great point, Glenn. Great point. Yeah. So not only does God use angelic beings that were created most likely prior to our existence, he uses us to his own glory. We're, we're basically told that when we become agents of God and we pledge to follow him, emptying ourselves of those fleshly desires, then the Spirit comes in, leads and guides, and he uses us somewhat like the angels to do his bidding. It's a, it's a beautiful story of submission. I'm, I'm an agent of God. I'm here for God. I'm here to do God's will, to praise, to glorify. Uh, whatever he dispatches me to do, I will do. So it, it's sort of an interesting idea. Yes, sir. Same, same chapter? Okay. Capital L-O-R-D. Yeah, in, in other words, what's interesting is, he, yeah, the angel didn't get the credit even though he was an agent involved. It was the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, uh, who received the credit, the respect, and the fear. The fear. Isn't that interesting? Um, by the way, little plug for our next young men's service. One of our young men has already approached me and said, I want to do the fear of the Lord. I said, oh, oh, and, and you're going to talk, right? Yeah, I'm going to talk. So, uh, see, when you get to come up with a topic, you get to talk as well. So we're going we're gonna to be talking about the fear of the Lord. But whatever that means, and these young men will be telling us in October what it means to fear the Lord, it happened in Exodus 14, as a result of what happened. By the way, how many Egyptians were able to go back and report what happened? I don't think there were any, were there? Pardon? I I don't know how Pharaoh found out about his elite charioteers, but they were at the bottom of the Red Sea. You know, imagine the last of the Israelites as they cross up, past the shore, and they see bodies of horses and, and men washing up. Oh, can you see that in your mind? That is so awesome. It's like they feared, wow, look what God did for us. Yeah, he, how he cares for us. And, and, and just as a note, throughout history from this event forward, God and other men of God refer to the Red Sea a lot. It was a landmark event showing the power of God to conquer those who oppose him. It was the ultimate undoing of Pharaoh. Who is this God Moses speaks of? And why should I listen to him? Well, for one thing, your son just died, 
and now if your elite charioteers are dead at the bottom of the Red Sea, you know, I think Pharaoh got it. Interesting. Interesting. Did you have a comment, Glenn? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm excited. Yeah, this this same young man that came up with the with the theme, the fear of God. I don't know why, but it was like Oh, wow, that's a one. I said, do you think that means we get up in the morning and we kind of wake up and rub our eyes and go, please, Lord, don't kill me today. Don't kill me. Is that what it means to have the fear of God? He goes, no, Mr. Tom. So we're going to learn. What does that mean to have the fear of God? Rub your eyes and shake. Yeah. Yeah, that, boy, that, that's got all kinds of potential for lesson, isn't it? That's, that's right pickings, the fear of God. Yeah, looking forward. Well, anyway, I hope y'all are excited, too, that our young men are going to be bringing that topic. So let's flip over to chapter 23, and somebody that's got a good reading voice, read verses 20 through 23. Okay, this is kind of interesting, and, and I don't mean to muddy the waters a little bit, but, but notice in verse 21, the Lord is speaking to Moses, right? Pay careful attention to him. Who is him? All right, the angel. The pronoun him is not the Lord. The Lord is the one speaking. He's speaking about him. Pay careful attention to the angel and obey his voice. So it wasn't just God who spoke, but apparently an angel of the Lord spoke as well. I'm inferring. I mean, does that make sense? Use logic here. An angel of the Lord is giving instruction, and the Lord is saying regarding his assistant, his angel, obey his voice, do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. Does it mean that if they do disobey the angel, that he has the right and the ability to discipline and destroy? It sounds like it to me. He is an agent of the Lord operating under the authority and with the full administrative power of God. So he's a disciplinarian. Very interesting. Verse 22, God now flips it to the positive. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that 
I say, see where you see that agent representative? The angel has spoken. He's simply telling you what my instructions are. He says, if you obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversary. There again, there's the fear of the Lord right there, Glenn. If you're, if you're on the wrong side of the battle line and you're fighting God, God becomes your adversary, one to be feared, right? With shaking and trembling. Pardon? I'm in Exodus 23. Sorry. Yeah, Exodus 23, verses 20 through 23. This is just another Old Testament reference to the angel that's leading God's people. And what I wanted to stress tonight is that we know God's in control, God's in charge, God directs the children of Israel, but it appears he's using angelic beings to do this, to give instruction. And uh, these angels have also been given the authority to carry out discipline. Then he says in verse 23, when my angel goes before you and he brings you, he's leading you to these pagan people, these nations, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, the Hivites, Jebusites, and I blot them out. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do as they do. How did that go, by the way? Did that go well? No, they were a snare, weren't they? They were a snare because they did not completely eradicate the pagan influences around them. Therefore, the daughters intermarried. They began to worship their pagan gods and bow down. And it went on and on throughout the judges. It went on throughout the prophets and ended up basically in extended captivity because of the worship of pagan gods. Glenn? Yes, sir. Well, in the American, I use the uh, English Standard Version, Glenn, but in verse 28, God is speaking and he's talking about um, how he's going to conquer and have a conquest against these pagans. He said, I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you. So it's an incremental evacuation to preserve the land. And God uses, again, he sets aside the laws of nature and he says, okay, hornets, calling all hornets, uh, you're going to cause this pocket of people to vacate this land. And so it's a, it's a planned incremental uh, exodus. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, the, the things that buzz around in the, in the tree and you don't want to mess with them. I don't think I've ever been stung by a hornet. They're very aggressive, aren't they? Oh, killer hornets. Yeah.
Yeah. I just, I hope that you guys find these chapters reassuring because this is the same God we serve today. So if you have enemies, if you have someone who's attacking you that's a demonic force or a satanic power, somebody that's trying to sidetrack you or derail you from doing the Lord's work and discourage you, then maybe it's time to get on your knees and say, Lord, it's time for divine intervention. I pray that whatever means, by whatever power or force, that you cause these things to go away. Is that a good prayer? What do you think? That's powerful right there now. God, This is the God of the Old Testament, and the God of the New Testament hasn't changed His nature is the same. Be excited. Realize that we serve a mighty God. Glenn? Oh, by the way, your clothes wouldn't wear out. Your sandals wouldn't wear out. Amen. Okay, well, you, you, you gave me a segue into the next chapter, Glenn. You, it was a perfect segue. Turn to Exodus 32. What do you think is happening in 32? It's like the ultimate egregious behavior. That's a great question. I have no idea. I, I've never noticed that. Okay, I I think uh, I think we're going to have maybe a volunteer research that and uh, let us know next week. A high, it could be a higher angel. It could be I don't know. I, I don't know the answer, Lisa. That's a great question, though. Lisa's question was, I'll repeat it. Why, as you read the text, why are some angels capitalized a and some lowercase a? I don't know and. Will was going to say something. Ah, uh, it could be a translation issue. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That, so the newer translations like the NIV, 
or American Standard Version maybe don't capitalize, but the, the older translations did because it was related to God and his power. Yeah, the burning bush. Okay. I tell you what, if uh, if somebody would like to research that, maybe we can have that answer next next week. Why why is angel capitalized in some areas of the Bible and not in others? It's a noun. Okay. Brother, Brother Gene said the angel, when it's capitalized, is actually referring to God. So, when. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they were saying because that's a proper noun, it's like a title. An order of angel. All right, let's, let's quickly, while we have time, let's visit chapter 32 and the golden calf. Remember when we were reading earlier about don't follow the pagan practices, don't be involved in idolatry and idol worship. Moses is up on the mountain. They're like, where is this guy? He's forgotten us. Let's party. And, uh, and so they collect jewelry. Aaron forms a golden calf. By the way, I love Aaron's explanation of how it materialized. Y'all realize what Aaron said, right? I threw it all in the fire, and poof, out came a golden calf. It just happened, right? All right. So, the golden calf has occurred, Glenn, and what I find interesting about this is that God had every right to have Moses step aside and take out all the Israelites. God had certainly that right. And, and what did Moses do? This gives you some insight into Moses' character. He says, Lord, if it, if it helps any, go ahead and just strike my name from the book, if that would satisfy you. That's like, wow, did Moses really say that? He did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. I think they ground it up into such fine powder it probably floated on the top of the water. Maybe surface tension held the go. I don't know, but I'm again just theorizing. Yeah, golden Kool-Aid. Yes, sir. Just did some research. I got an article from Paul Meets Church Christ. Yes. Yes. And what they said, the original translation did not capitalize anything. Okay. But when the translators believed the word angel was referring to deity, they capitalized it. So it, it was the translators 
when the angel refers to deity, I'm still trying to get my head around angel and deity. Angels are created beings. They are not gods. Yeah. Okay, so here, I'm going to make a, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to make a prediction here that maybe what we're going to discover is there are maybe different classifications of angels. One is an angel of the Lord uh, who has a special ranking or duty who is maybe closer to God and speaks more for God. And it's possible, this is again just a theory, maybe it's possible um, that the angel speaking to Moses was an angel of the Lord, capital A, representing deity. I, I, I don't know, but we'll find out. Maybe it was God himself. So... Yes. Yeah, thank you, Gene. Great point. Great point. Yep. Right. Yep. Let's read 30 through 34 because we're almost out of time. I've really enjoyed our discussion tonight, and we probably ended up asking more questions than we've really given answers, but that's okay. That's how we learn, right? It's Wednesday night Bible study. So we're studying and asking questions and probing, and, and but we'll try to do some more research on the capital A, lowercase a, Let's read 30 through 34. The next day Moses said to the people, you have sinned a great sin. This is in reference to the uh, golden calf. And now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Moses returned to the Lord and said, alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They've made for themselves gods of gold. But now if you'll forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you've written. The Lord said to Moses, whoever sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go Leave the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Behold my angel. This is lowercase. Anybody have uppercase? King James has uppercase. Mine's lowercase. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, God says, he's talking about the grievous sin. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit... I will visit their sin upon them. In other words, those who were the instigators, leaders, and most egregious sinners over the golden calf incident, I'm going to let them ride for a while, but when I come back, they're going to have justice. Some of us call that karma, right? What goes around 
comes around. God says, when I, I, will, I will remember. I will remember. Then the Lord sent a plague on the people because they made the calf the one that Aaron made. All right. Uh, next week, I want to briefly, if this is possible, I want to briefly talk about one of my favorite stories in 2 Kings chapter 6. This is when um, the prophet of the Lord uh, is surrounded by an enemy, and he asks the Lord to open his servant's eyes. A great story. So we're going to talk about some angels, and, uh, and then if you guys want to do a little study ahead of time, Glenn, you got your pen ready? Okay. We're going to be talking about uh, the angelic visitation in the New Testament, uh, in particular, birth announcements, Mary, Joseph, Elizabeth, and Zechariah. This comes from Luke 1, Matthew 1 and 2, um, Luke 1, Matthew 1 and 2. Then we're going to talk about an um, angelic visitation to celebrate the arrival of Christ. This is the shepherds in the fields, Luke 2, verse 8 through 20. And then finally, uh, we're going to talk about prison breaks. Prison breaks. Now, this is a hard thing. Where do you focus on angelic visitation when there's so many examples of angels who visit men and women? But uh, Acts 5, 19 through 33, Acts 12, 6 through 18 are two accounts in the, in the book of the early church in Acts about angels releasing God's servants. So, New, New Testament angelic visitation. Excited to be covering that. Comments or questions as we close tonight? Did you enjoy it? Really interesting stuff. Really interesting stuff. Glenn and I were talking earlier today. He said, Tom, in all the years of me being in church, I don't ever recall having a lesson, a class on angels. Very interesting. Interesting topic. A lot we can learn. Thank you all so much for your comments. All right, Lisa, let me know if you get get an answer for your question. Big A, little A. Yeah, you usually do. You're good. You're good at that. Big A, little A. All right. So um, next week, we'll continue angelic, angelic visitations. Oh, that was Howard who sent a text. Uh, who was the angel of the Lord? Very good. And if you guys are interested in that, just text me and I'll forward this to you. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate that. It is, yeah, written by the, the church. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, who's leading our singing tonight? All right, we have somebody to lead prayer? All right. All right, very good. So uh, what's our invitation song? Six. Oh, three, six, oh, three. Um, one of the things that seems to be common to mankind is when things are going along pretty well, we tend to get kind of casual and relaxed. Y'all may recall, those of you that are old enough, back when 9-11 happened, it really rocked our nation and for a while, people got closer to God. They got devoted and, and went back to church and, and uh, realized 
maybe maybe life is shorter than we realize when those people got on a plane and they didn't survive. But what's interesting is time progressed. Uh, they just kind of got lethargic again, casual in their approach to God, quit going to church, and life went back to normal. And that just seems to be human nature. When things are going well, it's like, eh, I don't really need God right now. But when we're in crisis, when we're hurting, when we're crying out, then we want God's undivided attention. So let's try as a church to seek God daily to invite him into our lives and be one with him, whether it's a good day or a bad day, to always have God in our mind front and center. And in so doing, we'll be prepared for him when he comes. It changes our whole mindset, our whole attitude. It makes us more prepared when we focus on pleasing God every day. So we're going to sing an invitation song, 603, Almost Persuaded. Maybe somebody needs to respond tonight. We appreciate Wes picking that song out. If you need to respond, we invite you to come, and we'll be glad to pray. Let's stand and sing together. Almost persuaded how to believe. just a moment. Brother Will is going to lead us in our closing prayer, so if you have any special announcements, I'd ask you to direct them toward Will so he can write those down and include them in our closing prayer. We're mindful of Bill Young. BJ sent an update today saying that he did get cleared for rehab, so that's exciting. Uh, they're waiting on approval for insurance, and then they'll begin a rehab plan 
I hope to go see Bill um, in the next few days, and I'll give you an update then. Will Carpenter, who's a friend of Howard's, he lost his uncle and his aunt just in this last week, and he's also battling cancer. So, Will, if you could remember Will Carpenter, a friend of Howard's. Hillcrest Corrugation has a spiritual emphasis weekend, August 5 through 7. We will be attending our young people. The bus will leave at 7.30 a.m. Um, see Ryan for more information. Bible Bow Practice Sunday at 4, Elder Deacon Meeting at 4. Ladies invited to baby shower for Nathan and Caitlin Wallace. That'll be Sunday at 2 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Baby boy, uh, they're registered at Target, Walmart, and Amazon. You Senior Supper is Wednesday night. There's a sign-up sheet in the bulletin board if you want to help with the meal. Uh, we're having a back-to-school bash. That's Saturday, August 13, from 1 to 3. We'll have inflatables, face painting, games, some activities. We're also hoping to make this community event to invite some of our neighbors, and they can check us out here at Stroudsville. Uh, we are giving away school supplies, K-12, through to students. You can see Tiffany Moore for more information and the Supplies that we're needing are posted on the board, and we need those by next Wednesday night. Gospel meeting is coming up August 21 through 24. Uh, we'll kick that off with Friends and Family Day on Sunday, August 21st. The guest speaker is John Cantrell. He's a minister at South Harpeth Church of Christ. So invite your friends, your neighbors. I think we've already got some flyers out in the foyer. So we want to have a great Friends and Family Day and then our meeting. Trenton Crossing has a Friends and Family Day, August 14. Uh, they have a flyer on the board as well. What's our count tonight? 96. 96, great. Good number. Thank you all for being here. I hope you've been blessed. hope you had a good class. And we're going to ask Will to dismiss us. Any other announcements, family news, prayer requests for Will? Yes. Okay. All right, some strong backs to help move chairs and tables. Glenn. Wow. Smart thinking. Okay. Okay. Did you get all that, Will? The name is Austin Hamilton. Okay. In Oklahoma. Yes, Lisa. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Did you get that, Will? Yeah, so sad, so sad. And burns are so painful and difficult to heal. All right. Anyone else? Thank you all for being here tonight. I hope you're blessed. And um, 
We appreciate Will leading us in prayer. We'll call Will to come on up and, and dismiss us. Y'all be safe going home. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to learn more about your word and to worship you. We pray, Lord, now for some people we know that are struggling, that are dealing with health issues. We pray for Bill Young and everything he's going through right now. We pray that everything will be better for him soon. We pray for Will Carpenter, who just lost his uncle and his aunt and is also dealing with cancer. We pray that you can comfort him and that you can send your healing hand to make things better. We pray for Austin Hamilton, um, and we're thankful, Lord, that he's okay, but we pray that things will heal up and will be back to new. We also pray for Stella Kate, who burned her hand. We pray that that will heal and um, that she can go on about her life normally. We also pray, Lord, for the Hillcrest Youth Rally this weekend and that young souls are brought closer to you. We pray, Lord, that you keep us safe on our way home and bring us back safe the next time. In Jesus' name, amen.